my father took his life when I was five years old. And that's not generally something I go around telling a lot of people. I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. I was for a long time. But in in a workplace, it's generally not something that organically comes up in conversation. Yet over the last two years in COVID, a lot of people have been affected by mental health and, and some things have happened. And I had a colleague who lost a family member to suicide. And it was at that point where I felt appropriate to share with that person. I've gone through the same thing too. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their business after a long career as an employed professional. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder of Diana Talks, Diana Acuna. In today's episode, Diana explains how she learned to share information about herself, opening connections with others. By deepening relationships, Diana has created lasting change in her career and her life. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about your business building progress? Would you like to be part of a structured, supportive process to help you implement ideas that you know will help you move the needle toward your goals? As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a structured process for growth. You'll also be a member of a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support you as an entrepreneur, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting, coaching, or small business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Diana Acuna. Diana has spent the last 20 years in SaaS, helping companies evaluate and implement software solutions across a variety of industries. Despite having success throughout her career, deep down she was afraid to be herself and afraid of what other people thought, so she became a perfectionist. She had focused on the external factors that would progress her career rather than the internal struggles that were holding her back. One day, Diana decided to choose courage over fear and realized that expressing her feelings, opinions, and emotions wasn't going to kill her. In fact, the opposite was true. People engaged and responded positively. Today, Diana is a speaker and coaches professionals on how to improve their emotional intelligence so they can drive lasting change in their careers and their lives. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. So happy to be here. It's great to have you. So tell me about that day when you decided to choose courage over fear. Sounds like it was a real <laughs> trigger moment for you. It was. It was early in my career. And I remember finding, it was a colleague and a, a colleague that had become a friend. So it was someone that I felt safe with, that I could, that I felt like I could trust. And I had previously 
avoided talking about emotions. I thought that they were useless. I could operate life without them. And I was nervous about sharing some of the things that had happened in my childhood and adolescence for fear of being judged or or frowned upon. And so in that moment, I shared my story with this gentleman about some of the things that I had experienced in my my childhood and in in my life. And that was sort of a, a pivotal moment for me in my career in the way that he reacted and how he responded to it. And I learned that he had actually gone through something similar. We ended up I think bonding and becoming even closer as a result of it. And that moment sort of led me on this path to go to therapy, uh, you know, do self work and, and really just start this whole evolution and journey of focusing more on how I feel, quite frankly, and emotions and, and how those things could really benefit me and being okay, quite honestly, with, with talking about some of the things um, that happened to us as people and not just as professionals. Right. And from that point on, what did you do differently in your work environment? It was an evolution <laughs> that took time, truthfully. I would say I kept sort of testing the water to see, you know, was it safe to continue to do this? Because I think it's a balance too of, I don't, you know, know that you need to go around sharing your story to everybody, but I think being own- honest, being authentic, sort of owning who you are instead of trying to hide that and having courage to share opinions, even if they're maybe less than popular, usually tends to get positive results. And so I sort of just continued to try that over and over and over again in ways that I think that I felt would be safe and learned over time, there's a lot of power in doing that. And I think continued to get a lot of evidence. Like every time I did that, every time I took a risk and I was courage and I said something that I thought maybe would be unpopular or I I said something or I did something maybe that I wouldn't have otherwise done, the responses that I were getting from people uh, surprised me in a good way. You know, it's interesting. I'm reflecting on how I've behaved in similar situations and, um, I couldn't agree with you more. So I know like, for example, when I'm writing emails to our list or sharing some posts on social media, which are designed to help our audience of consultants, coaches, and small business owners do better in their business and improve their business success. When I write something, you know, if there's a point that I want to make, and I write something where I share how I may have struggled with the same issue, I tend to get a better response from people, either a better open rate or uh, or I'll get more responses from the email or more responses to the post. Yeah, so I totally see it. So, you know, for example, I recently wrote a post about um, trying to, I think it it was trying to focus on, you know, just getting a small amount or maybe even just one like major thing done per day and trying to say no to all the distractions, which I find Mm -hmm. really hard to do because the distractions are usually people that want some kind of help for something with something. And not all of those distractions are going to um, produce great results for my business. 
Whereas if I know that there's one thing that I've really got to make an improvement on, if I want to work on, um, you know, a marketing piece that takes some concentration, for example, mm-hmm. right? And distractions of um, all kinds of requests from different people are going to deter my ability to focus on the, on creating a marketing piece. So I, I totally relate that sharing something personal about your own struggles can really make a big difference in your the response that you get from people. Mm-hmm. Can. I agree. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is, you know, I spent a long time in my career as an employee before I became an entrepreneur in 2006. And as an employee, I always felt like I needed to be, I needed to be right most of the time. And that sharing Mm -hmm. something where I was struggling was going to impact my career negatively or impact how my performance was perceived by supervisors and colleagues. And, and I wonder, you know, what, what you've experienced around the same thing, particularly since you're still, you are an employee now, as well as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Great, great question. I feel the same way, or at least I felt the same way for a long time that showing weakness or showing areas where they were things that I still needed to work on or were not my strengths. I, I saw that as a risk or a threat. And what I've come to learn is no one is inherently good at everything. And so <laughs> it's okay to be human. And I and I think now, especially in this day and age, people respond so, so well and so positively to authenticity and to knowing what your strengths are and what you're good at and being vulnerable and asking for help. And I learned that pretty quickly that, yeah, sure, there may be some people maybe who who want to take advantage and, and exploit that if, if there's something that you're weak at. But by and large, most people don't. Most people are good and kind and generous and want to help you. And for me, I've always found it really beneficial to to ask for help and to be vulnerable because that's the only way generally you're going to get help is if you ask for it. And I think it's also a really good way to establish trust and rapport with somebody in going through that kind of exercise and exchange with, with them. Yeah. Now at the same time, when you're about to share something where it's a personal story or something where you perceive that you may be struggling and, and you want some help. Do you feel that there's a, a piece of what's going on where you may be reluctant to share it, even though you you know, particularly given your experience and what you've gone through and what you focus on in your, in your uh, speaking business, you know mm-hmm. that being vulnerable in the long run is likely to be beneficial. Yet in the short mm-hmm. run, right before you're about to say something where you're sharing something, how do you feel about it? Well, my immediate reaction in terms of how I feel about it is probably really nervous. And I think maybe one other thing to point out to David in terms of my my professional business still being employed and then my, my speaking business that I'm doing in parallel is, I think part of it's using judgment in terms of what to share with whom 
and, you know, who to ask for help for. So for example, I'm fortunate in the people that I work with and that I'm employed with where I've known them for a while. We have trust and rapport and I I generally feel very comfortable about being Diana through and through with them, but that's not always been the case. And so in certain scenarios, I have relied on people that I've formerly worked with or people in my network to ask for help where there was a relationship or there was some trust and credibility built because I felt like that was safer, quite frankly, to to solicit help or to solicit some um, information to help me do something in that capacity. Whereas maybe I felt like I was still working on building trust and proving myself. Maybe if I, you know, was relatively new at a company and I I wanted to build my image and have some quick wins, maybe I would get help from somebody else. So I think it, I think it kind of depends. And I think that's where you have to use judgment in terms of what you want to share and how much help you want to ask for. Um, And and thinking about all the, the various resources that you have in terms of know, where you can solicit that from. Yeah. So one technique that I'm hearing from you, if you're about to share something where you're not quite sure how it will be perceived by the person that you're about to share it with, is to test sharing that same information with somebody where you know you have a strong trusting bond. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And David, if I can just be you know, perfectly candid with with you in the audience, just to to give a real life example. My father took his life when I was five years old. And that's not generally something I go around telling a lot of people. I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. I was for a long time. But in, in a workplace, it's generally not something that organically comes up in conversation. Yet over the last two years in COVID, a lot of people have been affected by mental health and, and some things have happened. And I had a colleague who lost a family member to suicide. And it was at that point where I felt appropriate to share with that person. I've gone through the same thing too. And so I think, like I said, kind of going back to judgment, I would never, ever had I, have I had ever shared my story with anybody that I worked with at that point in time until that moment happened. And I made a judgment call to be, you know, vulnerable with him and to let him know, like, I'm so sorry. And I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I've been through something similar. So I think you're right, David. It's a, it's a combination of testing and knowing trust. And then I think you can also find scenarios with people where you have things that you can relate to as well. And then you can use those things to continue to build trust and, and rapport with each other. Yeah. Are there strategies that you recommend to people to test out these various scenarios where you're sharing bits of information about yourself with different people as you're trying to improve your own emotional intelligence and also maybe be seen in a slightly different light over a longer period of time? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that there's two ways I would I would look at doing it. One is with people that you already know and trust, so your friends and family, because it's already safe and you have that existing connection and relationship and you can talk to them and, and let them know this is something that you're working on and to the extent that you want to, you know, practice it, certainly you can. I've 
had many, many conversations with some of my close friends about exactly this. And then outside of, you know, conversations with your friends or peers or family, there are also exercises that you can do as well to practice or learn about yourself in terms of becoming more self-aware and socially aware of other people. As I think that's the other component to this as well is having a good understanding of who you are and how you communicate, but then also having starting to have a good understanding of how other people are and how they communicate is also a very helpful and sort of an objective way when it comes to the, the communication of this. Right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some of those exercises? Yeah, sure. So a couple, and and these are ones that you can do on your own. They're ones that you can do as a team. They're ones that you could do, you know, with a coach. Things I've done with people that I've mentored and, and even with people that are on my team are through Gallup does Clifton Strength Finders. And you can do that as an individual, as an individual employee or as a manager, which is a great way to take a survey and ask you some questions about things that you like and helps you understand what your top five strengths are. And I like their philosophy on strengths because it focuses on what you're inherently good at because you can always be more of what you are, but it's really hard to be something that you're not. And then there's another similar type of survey that's called the DISC assessment, which I also like as well. It's similar to Clifton, but different in that it tells you what your communication style is. uh, And then it also helps to inform you of what the communication styles of others are, which is really helpful. I think particularly if you're trying to to learn how to read a room or how how to resonate with other people and learn the different types of communication styles of other people. So those are two very tactical practical, easy tools that one can do individually, or as I said, in, in a team sort of setting. Um, that's actually really great information, Diana. And in your own case, what do you find are the, you do well when it, when it comes to your own competencies and also what it is you love doing? Empathy is, is uh, one of my top strengths kind of comes naturally to me. I think that is a a big part to do with sort of the, you know, nature versus nurture, how I was raised. And interestingly enough, as does reading a room, sort of being able to pay attention to what people are feeling and or their, you know, facial expressions, body language. And I enjoy that. So I, I think that's part of the reason why I've been in sales and I enjoy speaking as I like interacting with people. I have this weird duality, I think, of being somewhat of an introvert, but also really enjoying people in a way where I like to see what makes them tick. And I think that probably ties back to my strengths and the things that I'm that I'm good at. Sounds great. And um, who do you love serving? I love serving women in tech in particular. I've been fortunate to work, uh, obviously, with all kinds of different professionals, but I sort of have a special place for women, probably that were just like me 20 years ago. Can you talk a little bit about where you are in your career and um, a little bit about how the employment and entrepreneurship is working out, going on simultaneously? Yes, great question. Probably I'm a little unique compared to maybe some of the other guests on Smashing the Plateau. I'm still 
currently employed full-time working in software, which I, I love. And I've also been in my, started my business a couple years ago. So I'm doing both, which is quite fun and interesting. And obviously the goal uh, at some point is to transition into just having my own business. Um, but for the time being, I'm doing both. So uh, working working in software, managing a team, and then uh, nights and weekends running the, the speaking business. Wow. Do you have any advice for, for people that are in your situation, being employed full-time and also wanting to do something as an entrepreneur? I would say go for it. I've found you can do it. I think it's just a matter of prioritizing what's important to you and making time to do it. And while I think at face value, it can seem daunting, uh, it doesn't have to be. It's just a matter of doing a little something every day. And I got really good advice when I first decided to do this, which was to decide to just do something every day. And so when I first started, I made a commitment to myself to just do something for 30 minutes every day. And I, for the most part, have done that. I've, there have been some times where I've given myself a break and I, I've needed it and, I, and I've taken it, but I've never, ever really fully stopped or felt like I wanted to put it you know, on the shelf or walk away from it. And some days that 30 minutes is just staring at a screen or reading an article to try and research something or get inspired, but it's still doing something. And that uh, has led to, you know, me being able to generate revenue already in just having started this, you know, within less than two years. Wow. That's great. Well, congratulations on everything that you uh, that you have going on. What's your grand vision for, for where you'd love this to go? I would love this to be sort of a hybrid. I enjoy speaking, as you know, David, and I really enjoy coaching and mentoring. And so my my vision for this is that it could be sort of this trifecta of online content that's available for people for like self-serve and learning. Also coaching and mentoring, if that's something that they're interested in in more of a one-on-one fashion. And then self-serving for me just because I enjoy it. It obviously would be the ability to to speak as well. Sounds great. Dan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share a little bit about your own story and um, and kind of where you are in your career and your business as well. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed, learn more about you, access any resources you may have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? They can go to my website, dianatalks.com, or they can find me on LinkedIn. Sounds great. And we will include those links in the show notes. My guest today has been the founder of Diana Talks, Diana Cunha. I want to thank you again, Diana, for joining us. Thanks for having me, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Diana Acuna, we learned how improving your emotional intelligence can help you work toward your goals. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands. Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat, events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. 
Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.